Hey guys, it's me, Dana DiLorenzo. I play Kelly Maxwell on Ash vs. Evil Dead, and I am so happy to be here on Below the Belt Show. Come get some. Yes! Yeah. Like sure, a pro. Make sure you do not, do not miss Dana this weekend. Oh, did you just say? <laughs> I love I'm it. I'm telling you what, guys. If I get a table full of donuts, you are all in big trouble. Yes. You better come, because you guys are going to be there, I think, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, so I, first of all, now I have to meet you and say hi. And I want you to come, and I'm telling you right now, you are going to... You're going to see the not so bubbly where I'm going to be pissed off Kelly Maxwell style. If I have a bunch of donuts, that I will have a very impossible time just not eating. So I'm going to eat the donuts. I'm going to eat the donuts. You better come. I'm just saying. You better come. the donuts with you. Yeah, good. Okay, great. Okay, now it's a donut orgy. Perfect. Yes. (laughs) The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. episode here on BTB. All of us are dressed in Halloween costumes, which is definitely the way to go for Halloween. So I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, also known as the Sotolorian, channeling my inner uh, <laughs> Mando, uh, and of course, complete with uh, a very awesome replica Mando helmet, which is an upgrade from last year. I just had that one of those cheesy string behind the mask things that, eh, I really wasn't cutting it. Also got Grogu with me as well. Woo. Say hello, Grogu, here on Below the Belt Show is joining us. <laughs> the <BTV>. Grogu. <laughs> Let's go ahead and introduce on BTV. That's right. He is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker. The one and the only, also, I'm guessing, Skeletor, maybe? And if you could unmute your mic, he's the one and only, Chachi McFly. Oh, yeah, I've been busy uh, preparing for this show all day, so I haven't really eaten anything, so I'm feeling a little gaunt, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Skeleton Chachi, uh, uh, what, what are you exactly? I have no idea. I'm a, I'm a skeleton. The skeleton! All right. I'm a skeleton. <laughs> All right. Skeleton. Well, wow, the the mask actually moves as you talk. It, well, I mean, what I else would a skeleton do? Yeah. <laughs> 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 <He's>, 
Skeletons <laughs> are known to talk. Yeah. I love it. Okay, that's great, man. I love that. Um, yeah. Guys, so uh, it wouldn't be complete with two co-hosts that, my God, that exemplify everything about Halloween. I know that yeah. they love the holidays so much um, and have really killed it every year with their Halloween costumes. Let's start by introducing first. She is affectionately known as Your Grace. And every Daenerys catchphrase, she's also playing a princess today. Miss LST, Morgan Fab, a.k.a. Princess Morgan Fab. Sure, today, Cinderella. Cinderella! <laughs> Tomorrow the world, you know. Okay. <laughs> so if the shoe fits, you must acquit? Is that, is yes. That, okay. But, you know, I just... I. I have so many costumes, and I wasn't going to wear what I'm actually wearing for Halloween for this. So this is just one of my many costumes. One of many, so many you'll costumes. See, I'm wearing two different things, something else on Saturday and something else on Sunday. You know, I got to. Oh, you got to mix it up. Yeah, I got to mix it up. So. You got, got to, to mix it up. Got to. Yeah. And let's go ahead and introduce. Um, my gosh, I mean, she does Halloween perfectly because she's a cosplayer. She's one of the best cosplayers on the East Coast. One of the best cosplayers, I know. I'm being a little biased because she's a recurring <laughs> Very co <biased. laughs> She's a recurring co-host on Below the Culture. But it's been like, a, been like a minute, right? But it's been a little minute. It's been a few minutes. Yes. It's been a few but minutes. But nonetheless, channeling her inner Harley Quinn, she is the one and the only... Anna B. Anna B. as Harley Quinn. Har Hi, Harleen Quinzel, I think, yeah. is her alter ego, right? Right, right. Anna B. Wow, I love, 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 love the version of Harley Quinn that you put together. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> awesome. Good to have, to have you on BTV. Yeah. Definitely some sexy costumes tonight. You know, I'm a little stiff here because I'm a skeleton, not because of sexy costumes, but oh. I'm happy to see you too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a skeleton joke. Oh my goodness! Yes. Yes. Manda certainly says this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> <Reaction to> that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, we got a lot of tricks and treats in store for this Halloween episode. Lots of stuff to talk to talk about in the world of entertainment. Uh, myself and Chachi attended one of the premiere horror and pop culture conventions monster me it's one of our favorite cons and um we actually killed it at the con we got some amazing interviews we're going to be playing two amazing interviews today because in theme with our halloween show um chachi interviews one of the actors from hocus pocus Omri yeah. katz which is an amazing, amazing um, uh, get because Hocus Pocus actually has a sequel film um, that's in production now, and we're going to be talking about that a little yeah. later. Yeah, and he plays the uh, main, um, the main kid Max in the, yep. in the movie, and this was like one of his first appearances at a con ever. Wow. I to say he like never, he hasn't come to a lot of stuff yeah. and doesn't yeah. really exactly. So this really is a BTP. Exclusive. Exclusive. Exclusive interview by Chachi. That's right. And yours truly, Al Soto, interviewed 
the horror icon, the one and only Tony Todd, best known as the Candyman, who was in the original Candyman movies. He also uh, had a cameo in the 2021 Jordan Peele Candyman. And well, uh, that's that gonna... was more than a cameo. It was more than a cameo. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, as 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 he as he made me made it made it abundantly clear, um, that's going to close out the show. And because of those stellar names, we do not have a Colin celebrity guest tonight. But nonetheless, I think that's power packed enough yeah. as it is um, for this. That's enough. Don't be don't be greedy. Oh my God. Special <laughs> Halloween episode, and sure. we have upcoming on location interviews that we're saving for the upcoming weeks, including. The one and only Ross Marquand, best known as Aaron from The Walking Dead. We got Andre Gower and Ryan Lambert from the iconic horror film, The Monster Squad. And last but not least, Chachi interviews the one and the only Cobra Kai OGs, Tony Odell and Ron Thomas. Um, So we got some great, great content yeah it's a twofer it's a twofer right there on btv um so those are upcoming but nonetheless um tony todd omri Katz on tonight's below the belt show so every week on below the belt show i guess starting i want to i want to bring a topic that we can all talk about just to kind of mix things up on btb and i wanted to talk about everybody's favorite halloween memory this can be going all the way to your childhood it could be something recent in your adulthood um but i would love um for everyone to talk about it and uh i don't want to put anyone's spot but i know morgan fab you are just fab with being put on the spot so uh morgan fabulous what's of mine on favorite halloween memory i mean I don't know if I have a specific favorite, but I just remember, like, when I was little, my sister and I, you know, every year, like, what we want to be, you know, what do you want to do for Halloween? And I just remember as I got older, I started to kind of stray away from the, like, I mean, as as I'm a little girl, it's like, oh, princess, a bride, like. And I remember one year, and like, I don't remember why I wanted to do this, but I was like, I'm going to be a bat. Like, I wanted to be like a bat that like okay. turned into a vampire. And I was like eight or nine. And it just, I look at the pictures and I'm like, this was so random. But like, I think that really showed that I wanted to do a lot of different things. Um, and I mean, I just, I have accumulated since, well, since then, I guess. Since your childhood. I was going through these boxes and bags like this week. I have like four Tupperware bins of costumes and like that's full on set costumes, wigs, shoes, accessories. Wow. And I'm like, I just like adding to it. Like I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it eventually, but something. And I just love, I just love it. Like, it's just great. So. But is there anything in particular that comes to mind? It just seems like it's uh, collectively as a whole. It's collectively as a whole because, okay. I, I mean, I, trick-or-treating was great. I mean, I remember yeah. doing that with my sister and, like, our childhood friends. But I just feel like every year I try to top myself from the year before. But 
I I don't know if I'm going to do that because two years ago, remember, I was J-Lo and the guy I was dating was the red carpet. And I just <laughs> don't know if I can top that. But mm-hmm. uh, but we'll try. We so. certainly got the, the booty part down. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Specific memory. I just, just every year, like, more and more wigs, shoes, clothes. Like, just, you know, you got to. Okay. You gotta really fully commit to the whole okay. thing so. all right oh. wow so so many memories that you can't so pinpoint one that's, so that's completely fine let's go to anna b what what is a particular favorite halloween memory that you have well actually i grew up in a very conservative conservative household so i wasn't allowed to celebrate halloween so i wasn't allowed to go trick-or-treating so i didn't get to enjoy any of that so now as an adult you know, I can do whatever I want. So <laughs> I actually, that's why I, maybe I think that's why, you know, cosplay is such a big thing for me because I didn't yeah. get to do it, I guess, as a kid. So, wow. Yeah. And the only thing I think similar that we celebrated was um, mm-hmm. Dia de los Muertos, which is yes. Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So that's, it's not Halloween, <clears throat> but it's, I guess, what people would kind of associate it with so if you've seen the movie coco that explains day of the dead coco <laughs> yes that movie oh very so good, good. So, so we celebrate the dead you know we think there's they never really leave us and they visit us on that day on that night so okay. i love that chachi mcfly halloween i know is one of your favorite holidays yeah i've always halloween memories I, well i always loved halloween especially as a kid like you first learn about Halloween, like in trick or treating, like you can go to all these strangers houses and they'll give you candy. And this is back when you had those miserable like masks that you could not breathe out of or, or see, but you walk around the neighborhood and I was like a greedy kid and I would um, bring like a pillowcase and fill it up with candy. And we had, we lived in this big, this big development and I walk around the whole entire, my goal was every single house and I would go home dump off my candy and then so put on a different costume and go around that motherfucker again. <laughs> like, I don't know why I thought that somehow they're going to remember my costume and like be like, Oh, yeah. no, you already came here. No second um, thing of candy for you. No, but you gotta be on the safe <laughs> side. And I would go trick or treating until like, like eight thirty nine o'clock. I'd be that kid. Like people had their lights off. I'm still knocking. I mean, I went all in. God. And then always getting the um, candy and, and trying to hide it from my parents because, I mean, not because I'm that greedy with my parents, but because they would come in and take all the good stuff, mm-hmm. like take all the Reese's cups and all the Snickers and stuff and leave me with the, like, like the jawbreakers and like the stale Tootsie Rolls. So, you know, I had to sit there and try to find, you know, different hiding places around my room, which, you know, came in handy later on for like dirty magazines when I was older. Oh my goodness! But okay. yeah, you know, <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but I mean, such fun times. Like, every, I just love everything about Halloween. I love the movies. Yeah. Love the haunted houses. Love um, you know, love all that stuff. But my um, my favorite Halloween memory, you know, besides the trick or treating, was actually going to the Playboy Mansion for their there Halloween. There you go. Yeah, which was amazing. Um, always yeah. wanted to go to the mansion. You know, especially you know wanted to go you know before it half um, passed away so luckily i got to do it and like the whole mansion mm-hmm. was decorated for halloween they had a haunted house on the property you know everybody mm-hmm. was in cool costumes and body paint like and i actually dressed up as a zombie hugh hefner um during that um during that time so 
definitely my favorite memory was going there. That's amazing. I love hearing that. I'm, that's, that top, that's a tough one to top, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, as a child, man, um, I always loved the Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, and um, back in the day, they used to put them in this wax paper. But um, but when they started coming out with those minis, um, I just thought that was the perfect chocolate to peanut butter ratio, you know. Um, and those are actually my favorite uh, Halloween candy. Is there any particular favorite Halloween candy that you, you love receiving as a kid? See, I like the Reese's Pieces. Like Pieces, the, yes. I could literally eat, like just pour them down my throat, like – <laughs> I, I, it's like they're like m&ms but they're smaller and they're chocolate and peanut butter like it's delicious like okay. i love those. those and milky yeah, ways yeah. but milky ways, huh? i try to stay away yes yes he loves Reese's pieces, pieces right, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. anna b do you have a uh, favorite candy that you like to enjoy during halloween uh, Kit Kats and um, I think also Reese's as well. Okay. Very, yeah. very nice. Awesome. Big chocolate person. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know why, but the Reese's, um, Reese's cup that's in the shape of a pumpkin tastes even better than the regular Reese's cups. Like, I don't know what it is, what they do with it. Reese's egg at Easter. The egg's good too. And like, yes. Oh, yeah. And that jacked it's, up Christmas yeah. tree they do. Yeah. So yeah. They, they do. They taste different. Than the regular. I think it's more peanut butter to chocolate ratio. Right. Okay. Okay. We're talking peanut butter to chocolate ratio. Oh, I guess one of my favorite um, Halloween memories was um, also in Los Angeles, like you described, Chachi. But this was a a party in the Hollywood Hills. um, And what was crazy about that particular party was I got a pop. Uh, Pop is a term for, you know, um, a reaction, a good reaction. Um, from a particular person, which kind of was interesting and it kind of made a lot of sense. So if any, anyone remembers Napoleon Dynamite, I was yeah. uh, vote for Pedro. I was uh, <laughs> the Pedro character with the wig, the mustache. I can see Pedro that. T-shirt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, Ephraim Ramirez is a friend of mine. So out of nowhere, I see... Carlos Ramirez, Ephraim's twin brother at this party, he just started dying, cracking up, laughing. He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like, let's get a photo. And I thought that was really, really funny because he's the twin brother of the actual Pedro that (laughs) just got all excited about the costume. So I'm at this party. Like, this is just a crazy, crazy party in the hills, um, which thank you for the invite for that person who invited me. Um, Nikki Hilton and Paris Hilton show up and i'm i'm like oh my god wow nikki in paris and i had to you know me exactly (laughs) i had to walk up say hello introduce myself and she's like oh okay hi pedro hi pedro i was like that's hot uh and uh i got a picture with her um and uh it was a fun it was a fun night um um, but also, actually, a little more recently, just kind of wearing. Um, I was just going to end with you saw um, even Ramirez, and he dressed up as you. Oh, yeah, as as Al Soto. Yeah, that'd have been a cool twist. Yeah, that that would have been even cooler, right? <laughs> <laughs> that'd have been hysterical, but um, no. I mean, you know, it seems like uh, 
Well, actually, this is a fond memory. Um, the one year I dressed up as a Star Wars stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember not only getting props from kids, but uh, sorry, from adults or whatever, but kids actually wanting to walk up and take photos with me, which, you know, that's pretty impressive, you know, because I'm, I'm not a professional cosplayer by any means, but I'm sure, Anna B, you've, you've probably had many a fan ask for photos for you, and I never experienced that before, you know, um, just for strangers to want to have their picture taken with you. Um, I guess I'm not famous enough. But nonetheless, uh, I think as a stormtrooper that, you know, that was a defining moment that the cosplay was good enough, the costume was good enough, and it put a smile on a kid's face. So, so a couple of my uh, um, favorite Halloween memories. So, But uh, yeah, but so much going on in the world of entertainment, guys, you know. Um, Good news, we got bad news, we got all kinds of stuff going on. So let's just talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's Benji and Joel. Good Charlotte. Uh, speaking of the Playboy Mansion, I saw uh, Benji Madden at the Playboy Mansion once. He's a pretty cool dude, man. Um, anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> Did you thank him for like use his theme song? Use his song? Yeah, I know. So I, I do. I said uh, Waldorf, Maryland's own. Yeah. Hollywood News. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about, I guess, the number one movie in America, Dune Guys. And yes, I was one of those motherfuckers that um, typically, typically will say, hey, it's on HBO Max, I'm staying my ass home. But I made an exception this time. I went to the movie theater as Denis Villeneuve, the director requested all audiences to actually put your ass in the theater, get, you know, you can watch it at home, whatever, but preferably put your ass in the theater and watch Dune. And um, wow, what a visual, visual spectacle. I feel like the, this is one of the movies I have to watch again. So thank God for HBO Max so I can kind of catch up on, 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 on some things. There's a lot of moving parts, literally and figuratively. Um, but I'll tell you, one of the most visually stunning movies I've ever seen, guys. I mean, it was uh, really good. Anna B, yeah. You got you got any um, got a got a little review uh, for for Dune in a nutshell. What you got? Um, I I think it was really great, like you said, just visually, um, the storyline. Um, I think it was really easy to follow too. You just had to be paying attention, so that was a big thing. Yeah. And it was about almost three hours long. That's right. So, it's a very long one, yeah. But I still like at the end I wanted more, so that I'm like excited for the next one. So that's right. It's a part one, and they made that apparent in the opening titles. That is part one. Awesome. Um, the, the sequel is officially greenlit. That yes, is, uh, I heard about that. I was so excited. It's slated to be released in 2023. Um. So um. But yeah, I I I can't help but think of some of the parallels to Star Wars, though. Well, actually. Dune uh, inspired a lot of uh, Star Wars. Okay. It's a matter of which script was written first, though. I know the original Dune came out in 1984. The original Star Wars came out in 1977. However, I guess it 
really I think the books came out oh, earlier. I oh, think if I recall correctly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have that um, the force and you have the voice. I mean, these are right. two mind controlling abilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're you know it's it's interesting to see. I mean, they're very different, but at the same time, very similar because they they both um, evoke a response from the individual you want to control. Um, you know, um, Jedi mind trick, and it's called the Bene Tesseract. Oh, what is the what is it? Ben Jesseret? Is that the term? I forgot the term, but I, I know okay. what you're talking about. Right, the Ben and Jesuit. Okay. Um, so that's uh, one parallel. I mean, Tatooine, for instance, covered in sand. Mm-hmm. And look at all these planets in the Dune universe covered in sand. Um, oh, so is that why they call it Dune? I mean, that could be a good guess. Uh, there's a lot of familial. Uh, family uh, generational aspects to both films as well you know um i just think it's really interesting that um there is quite a lot of similarities and of course a young protagonist as well that's another similarity so in timothy chalamet's character and of course in young luke skywalker so um but the acting uh, was phenomenal too i mean yeah yes you're talking about some of the the greats and what I love is that you have Oscar Isaac, who's Poe Dameron in the Star Wars universe, and also yeah. <laughs> uh, playing, uh, you know, um, one of the leads in this particular film. Um, remind me of the character. I'm still learning a lot of the characters, so forgive me if I don't sound very um, knowledgeable of this franchise. Yeah, yet, it. But I am. I am. Um, we also have Rebecca Ferguson. Um, she did a fantastic job, of course, as um, the mother. Um, Zendaya seemed to have a, a little bit of a smaller but pivotal role. Right. Uh, yeah. Jason Momoa is always a crowd favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, first time I've seen him clean shaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a film, he's always sporting that long, Dothraki beard, you know. Um Washington DC's own David Batista, um, pretty much just reminded me of of his Drax character in Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe yeah. with a different color, as a different color. <laughs> I wasn't really impressed with his acting, I guess. But okay, that's completely I mean, fair. That's completely fair. Yeah, I mean everyone else did really great. <laughs> everyone else did really okay. Did really well. Uh, I'm not so sure about Dave Batista. Uh, uh, Josh, did you get a chance to see it? I don't know if he's known for his acting, but um, no, ah. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet, Chachi. Okay, well, we'll I, saw the, I saw the original as a kid, and I remember hating it, but I was probably too young to really understand it. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen it since. But I'm looking forward to seeing this new one. Oh, one more similarity. The most obvious one is the presence of Spice. Because uh, oh, Spice yeah. is one of those, you know, uh, most important, I guess it's the most important mineral in both franchises. Um, I think spice alludes to more of a, more of a, more of an illicit substance in the Star Wars universe, whereas in Dune it's a little more widely accepted because it's also used in many ways, you know. Um, whereas if you're a spice runner in the Star Wars universe, it's kind of like equaling to like running drugs. 
you know, um, uh, as they're kind of alluding to in the in the sequel uh, trilogy where they uh, said that Poe Dameron used to be a spice runner. And he's like, Shh, don't say anything about that, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no, we're getting a sequel, which uh, they actually um, have a date already in mind for that October 20th, 2023, um, which I'm guessing they need to go into production soon because those kind of movies need to have a hell of a lot of post-production. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, but yes, um, number one movie, no doubt, um, 40.1 million domestic debut and, um, which is, you know, pretty good considering, you know, we have the HBO max, um, and it still was the number one, number one movie, which maybe maybe you know it's not too big of an i mean in some cases it isn't a big impact in the box office when you have it available on like streaming services but in the case of dune it really didn't impact it's still the number one movie as far as being the number one movie that is i'm sure probably would have generated a lot more in theaters had it not been uh released on hbo max but uh, i think we're coming to the end of the hbo max movie releases i think i think it's going to end um in 2021 at the end of 2021 yeah i heard that yeah so they're they're, they're gonna just <clears throat> revert back to the theater release they'll probably eventually get the films but it won't be that simultaneous release so we're pretty much getting lucky in 2021 with these big movies um i'm fine but, with that i yeah. want to see the theater survive so yeah, i'd yeah. rather there be like at least like a couple months you yeah. know before they start going on streaming yeah anna b you're still a little leery about the theater still Oh, no, not me. But I know my best friend's husband, he doesn't. I don't know when he'll ever go back to a movie theater. So you actually went not too long ago? Uh, I think I went, like, maybe, I think with the release of Black Widow. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, but Dune, I watch it on HBO Max. <laughs> of course. Well, if you have a nice enough TV. I mean, uh, your Grace, Morgan Fab, you haven't seen Dune yet? No, and I was... <sighs> Trying to do that whole thing where I was going to read the book first. Jesus. Uh, I'm reading Jeez, so many. I'm reading so many other books right now. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to watch. It. I'm just going to watch it. But I, I want to see it in the theater. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same as you. Before I saw Passion of the Christ, I had to read the whole Bible first. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. That's great, dude. Um. Yeah. I do want to see it. Uh, that's on my list. Maybe maybe next week. Okay. Well, yeah, the number two movie, Halloween Kills. Of course, it is Halloween. Um, and uh, that uh, made $14.5 million, um, in the box office. Um, and uh, that's also available on Peacock, if you guys didn't know. No Time to Die, the swan song for Daniel Craig, Bond movie. Number three. Venom Let There Be Carnage, number four, and um, an animated film for the fifth place movie at the box office, Ron's Gone Wrong. Hmm. Um, not familiar with this particular film, but um, but basically it um, st- has uh, stars some of the voice actors, include Zach Galifianakis and uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, Olivia Coleman at Helms. Justice Smith, Justice Smith, and Rob Delaney, um, and um, apparently 
people are saying it's one of the most realistic sci-fi futures seen on screen in recent memory but it barely feels like a sci-fi future at all um so that's interesting um considering i mean you're saying an animated film is realistic i mean (laughs) i don't know but uh maybe the the, the premises are real realistic but i've never really heard someone uh, compare uh, an animated film to something that's very realistic uh, in, in some sense, um, but uh, nonetheless, um, you never yeah, seen Smurfs. Smurfs? Is, yeah. You mean one um, one female, an entire uh, world of male Smurfs? Is that that's really believable to you? It sounds like hell. It sounds yeah. like hell, right? Yeah. That's like the opposite of Why the Last Man, why uh, where there's only one cisgender, cis male um, me- guy. There's trans men because they have the X chromosome, but anything with a Y chromosome, humans, animals, wiped off the face of the earth. Mm. Crazy story. Um, I guess that's what happens, you know. Um, but uh, let's see. Let's talk about stuff, other stuff going on. So, uh, did you see Halloween Kills? Um, I, did. I haven't yet. <laughs> I um, I, I intend to though. I intend to. Who said that, Anna? Yeah. You like it? I did. Uh, it was a Halloween movie, but I <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> you say you did not enjoy it? No. Oh. I think it wasn't one of the best ones that they've had. So. I loved I loved the first one and um I heard that I saw that Anthony Michael Hall is in this second film. Yeah, yeah, he does he did well. He looks oh, so cool. He looks so different than he did like, you know, in his younger years. So, um, yeah, Halloween is definitely a middle movie where you could tell that nothing is going to be resolved um, by the end of this um, part two. So um, we already knew we're getting a part three. Uh, I still enjoyed it. I always enjoy the these kind of movies. Um, And this is more true to the originals than like a lot of the other sequels were. Good. But definitely wasn't as as good as the first one. The the first first one one of, of. Moving on, guys. Um, so there's a new trailer for Disney's Lightyear movie um, for you Toy Story fans. Now, this is what I don't understand. So it's an animated film. Why couldn't you just get Tim Allen to reprise his role? I mean, I guess they want a younger-sounding voice, but, I mean, Chris Evans is not super young. I, I don't know. I mean, but anyways, Chris Evans is voicing Buzz no Lightyear. offense to Chris Evans. No offense <laughs> right. to Chris Evans, but I just I'm just trying to understand the reasoning why they just used Tim Allen. Wait, but I think isn't it that he's not like he's the real Buzz Lightyear, not a toy? Is that what I'm understanding correctly or not? Oh. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, I thought Tim Allen was the toy based off of the real guy, and now he's, oh, now that makes guy. sense. Okay, so okay. Lightyear serves as the origin story. For the beloved and leaving uh, and leading character of Pixar's most popular franchises. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Okay, so now that makes sense. Then then that's okay now, because he's the actual Buzz Lightyear. And I, and I've, after watching the trailer, I saw that you know he was less toy like, still animated, definitely, but right. less toy like. And it's um it's a minute and a half first look. Did anyone get a chance to check out the trailer? I did. Um, where, which begins with uh, when Buzz, um, in a countdown before he's launched into space and he lands at a station and begins his training. 
So you also got a glimpse of his ship too. Um, so that's really cool. Um, but um, yeah, but yeah, I, okay. Now, now that makes sense. Now that you, you said that, and um, yeah, when no, is looks, that supposed to come out? Yes, um, I believe that's. Do we have a release date yet? June. I don't think or... they've announced a release date just yet. Yep. So. I am sure it's going to be sometime in 2022. Good for Disney, because Disney needed some more movies yeah. to come out. Yeah. Yeah, they were having a hard time, like, you know, having anything at the box office. So this is pretty good to score for them. Yeah. We also saw a trailer for Michael Bay's action thriller, Ambulance. Um, but if you're from Baltimore, you might say Ambulance. Um, <laughs> as Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> hangs out <laughs> of a moving ambulance and shoots... A police helicopter in the explosive first trailer of this film. Of course, it's a Michael Bay film. There's going to be lots of explosions, you know, <laughs> lots of. Does it transform? Does it transform? Does it trans? It does not transform. It does not. That would have been okay. cool because I remember that transformer that was an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the beautiful uh, Isa Gonzalez is in it, as well as Garrett Dillahunt. He's been in uh, Fear of the Walking Dead and a bunch of other things. He was in the um, Army of the Dead movie. Um, all right, so we got movies in production. Can you believe Bill Murray is going to be in the MCU? This is kind of crazy. So he was actually promoting his other film, The French Dispatch. And he was asked about working multiple times with, direct, with certain directors like Sofia Coppola and um, then he was asked about working with Peyton Reed. And if you didn't know, Peyton Reed, um, interesting enough, directed Bring It On. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite, uh, you know, uh, coming of age you know, movie about cheerleaders. Um, and uh, hey, just a testament to, you know, the, the career of Peyton Reed to go from not that Bring It On is. You know, it's still a big deal of a movie, but I mean, yeah. to go to go into uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, movies. Um, and he's going to be directing the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Um, but yes, he did say the cheerleader story bringing on, which is directed by Reed, was a damn good film. And it's another yes. reason why he signed on to make a superhero movie with the director. So there's not really, you can just kind of piece together who he's talking about or what movie he's alluding to um, based on that. So he's going to be Bill Murray in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And of course, he's going to be in the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie as well. So Yes. It's good to see Bill Murray in all these big, big franchises, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's definitely a cool thing for sure. Um, we also, um, speaking of Ghostbusters, um, Celeste O'Connor, who's one of the um, actresses in Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, is going to be shooting Zach Braff's latest movie, A Good Person. Uh, Florence Pugh herself, Yelena Belova, Morgan her. Freeman. Molly Shannon, mm -hmm. Zoe Lister-Jones. This is a huge cast. It follows um, Allison, played by Florence Pugh, a woman whose life falls apart after her involvement in a fatal accident. Ooh. 
that sounds like something that we'll be talking about shortly. Um, and uh, in addition to that, um, Ryan Gosling's got a couple of big movies in the works. He's going to be working with Derek Derek Sanfrance in the Wolfman movie. This is the latest monster movie from Universal Pictures. As you know, they're trying to get those monster movies that that franchise that Universal owns. Um, they've had like maybe moderate success so far with like the Mummy and a couple yeah. of things, but yeah. nothing huge, you know. But uh, the Invisible Man was better. The Invisible Man was really good. What was that called? The last one. Okay. Yeah. It's called something different than the Invisible Man, right? The one with um with uh handmaid's tale actress elizabeth yeah. Moss. yeah yeah was it called invisible invisible man? it was the invisible it was okay yeah that was that that was actually fantastic i love yeah, that I thought it was good like yeah it was really good but um yeah we'll see what, how the wolfman is um but yeah um but um he, ryan gosling's also um he's in his final negotiations to play the iconic mattel character Ken in the Barbie movie that's starring that. that's starring Margot Robbie. Ooh, uh, oh yeah, I heard. So that. apparently he initially passed on playing the part, um, and then he said that pre-production dragged out and his scheduling was conflicting. But then looks like he is about to, um, yeah, officially uh, jump on board of this. And of course, if you're gonna Work with Margaret Robbie. I don't care who you are. You better work. <laughs> you better. Yeah. Better work on yeah. it. My God, Jesus Christ. It'd be funny if they like kind of like, you know, have like a sex scene between those two, and like they take off their clothes, and they look like how they do with like the um, dolls. Yes. <laughs> with the parts. With yeah. no, with yeah. no genitalia. Yeah. I mean, still, I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. It's not. It's not uh, anatomic. So you've heard. It's not anatomically yes, yes. correct. I'm sure you, <laughs> you have to reiterate. So you heard, right, Chachi? You didn't have any Barbies growing up? No. My cousin would make me um play with her when I'd go visit her. But um yeah, I have a little sister, so But yeah, I'd play with my that. wrestling dolls. I'd always I never was Ken or anything. I'd I'd play with like, okay. like Big John Studd or somebody, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh, emphasis or on Hulk the big Hogan. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. His, his his clothes didn't come off. I have no idea. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I alluded to a tragic accident. I, I just this is when you're dealing with something of this scale, it has to be talked about in the in the movie industry. Uh, the movie set, the film set, TV set, whatever fucking set you're on, should always be safe. Um, of course, they're doing that with the COVID-19 precautions, but now um, it involved an accidental killing of a cinematographer mm. and Helena Hutchins. Um, she was rehearsing a scene with Alec Baldwin that involved Alec pointing a revolver in the direction of the camera lens. God. Uh, for whatever reason, the gun had a live round. It went off when Alec Baldwin pointed the gun towards the camera, fatally shooting, mm, killing Helena mm, mm. Hutchins, who was 42, a mother and a mm. wife. Um, and injuring the director, um, Joel Souza. Um, and apparently, the gun, they were assured it was a cold gun. Um, when they say cold gun, it meaning it had no live rounds, 
clearly that was a huge mistake because it certainly was not a gold gun. It was a hot gun. Um, and um, but the problem was is that the problem was is that one of the ADs told Alec Baldwin that the gun did not have any live rounds and rehearsing scenes. How in the hell can you make yeah. this kind of fucking mistake? Because if you're told that this and... gun has no live rounds, you're going to pull the trigger, right? You know, I mean, you're like, okay, oh, it's a cold gun. You're told it's a cold gun. You point the gun, you fire it. You know, you're, you're thinking you're on a big set. Where, where would yeah. there be foul play involved? Um, so as a result of this, the investigation is still going on. But now change.org has petition to ban real firearm, firearms in films. And I, I'm happy to sign this petition because you can make realistic prop guns. You can make right. uh, Blanks yeah. that 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 have the same, uh, you know, intensity as far as the, the the audio of of sounding like a bullet. Obviously, not the same magnitude of power that a bullet has. Um, you can make these guns look realistic. You can do things in post production. Why should there be real firearms on set? Why why are they still? I, I I'm just trying to wrap my head around. You know, at the end of the day, these are movies. Make realistic props. Why the fuck are there really uh, I'm this whole this whole thing like it 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 kills me. Like I love Alec Baldwin. I know people feel whatever about him, but like I've loved him from Thirty Rock. Like right. I I can't imagine being an actor and like you're in your role and you're doing your thing, and then like you you kill someone accidentally. Like I. I'm like torn up about that. And the fact that like whoever's job it was to put that prop in the right place with the right conditions, like that's on you. Like you should have, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I've shot guns a few times, but like, I don't know if you open it up like the barrel or whatever, like, wouldn't you think like you check and then you double check and then you check again. Like, I just don't understand like how that happened. And you're right, Al, like we have so many, like if you look at movies from the eighties, like back to the future, and then you look at movies that we've done now that are supposed to be like, like the newest star Wars or Dune, we have all this technology. So you're right. Like, can't we create a very realistic looking gun? Like that, that's point one. And then point two, like who is working on these sets that like, isn't, double checking and triple checking when they hand the prop to the actor who's in character, who's ready to do the damn scene, who's not like, you know, and I get, but for me, but me, like maybe if it was me, like, I'd be like, okay, are we sure this isn't loaded? But that's just cause like, that's just me. Like I haven't shot a lot of guns, but like Alec Baldwin's like, okay, ready to go. The whole, it just sits, it doesn't sit very well with me. It's very upsetting. It doesn't sit well with, with many, many people. Yeah. Um, I mean the cast and crew. That's included. my two cents. Um, yeah, I mean, so the, apparently the assistant director uh, unwittingly handed Alec Baldwin a loaded weapon, told him it was safe to use, and the moments before the actor fatally shot Selena <sighs> Hutchins and injured the director. 
Um, so they're just uh, this is the official statement uh, from the court records. Uh, instead, the gun was indeed loaded with live rounds when Baldwin pulled the trigger. Um, uh, the gun was one of the three that the film's armorer. Now, this is another responsible party. Hannah Gutierrez had set on a cart outside the wooden structure where a scene was being acted. Okay. So now you're dealing with the where, armorer prop person, the armorer, as well as the assistant the, director, Dave Halls. Are were those now, loaded? Were those loaded or we don't know? Now, that's a very – now, I, I don't think they have um, mentioned whether – one of the other two guns might have been the one intended for Alec to use at the point in time. Right. That's right, a very good point. If it's one of the three thing. guns, Dave Somebody, Halls, the AD, man. possibly handed Alec the one the with the live one. rounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but then again, why are any of them loaded? Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised to hear they use real guns in movies all these years. I never heard right? that. In this. And this same thing happened with um, Brandon Lee, right, on The Crow? Back in 19, uh, the 1990s, it was in the early 90s, that uh, yeah. Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, tragically died on set, and they finished the film with, at the time, yeah. very lackluster CG to finish the movie. Yeah. But that was the, after that, I figured that, that should not ever happen again, you know? Um, it's pretty amazing I, they do, like use real guns and nothing has happened in all these years. Like, you know, I, I'm still shocked they even use real guns just with mm-hmm. the great technology. And it's like, you don't need the sound, right? Cause like you're going to like put the sound in post-production anyways. Right. So a lot of the times. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I don't understand what the benefit would be to use a real gun. Like, exactly. cause you can't get mm. that close to see it. I mean, like Han Solo didn't have a real gun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, right. I almost wish this was a sci-fi movie instead right. because you know, they, they, there's no real guns that look like, um, you know, um, a laser like, laser gun, you know? They don't use, like, real knives in, like, horror movies, do they? Like, Michael Myers doesn't have, like, a real, actually, sharp-ass mm-hmm. knife, right? I mean, I've seen some props where they, they're very realistic plastic, and maybe for some <laughs> aspects of the film with a lot of very careful, you know, choreography. They might use a real knife, but when they're in proximity with other actors, I really seriously doubt yeah, they're using an actual knife. So, I mean, in some regards, maybe they are. Um, but yeah, no surprise that Rust has decided to uh, wrap production until the investigation is complete. I don't see the movie, depending on how how, how much they have filmed. I mean, it's kind of a, I don't know. I mean, what do you think Helena well, Hutchins would have wanted, you know, for them to film the, finish the film? I mean, or is finished, it kind of a slap in the, the face? Crow, you know, they finished The Crow, and that was even right. a higher profile, um, you know, actor who got killed. Um, you know, I mean, that was the star of the movie. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, is it that big of a movie that they're going to still release it? Is it a big budget movie? I I wouldn't say it's super huge. I would say it's more on the the mid level. Okay. Um, um, but um, apparently a lot of the crew members were non-union. Um, so when that's the case, yeah, sometimes that um could affect um 
you know, it could affect, yeah, maybe the proper training because usually maybe the union, the union props people or the people involved with, with the armorers on set are, are you know, maybe the union ones are, are better than the non-union ones. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, interesting enough, interestingly enough, the three crew members who had worked on Russ, um, including um, AD assistant director David Halls. Um, apparently had um, unsafe an unsafe um, complaint in 2019. Mm. So this isn't, I mean, obviously this one resulted in a fatality. He was actually, David Halls was fired from the set of Freedom's Path, another film in 2019 after a crew member incurred a minor and temporary injury when a gun was unexpectedly discharged. See? Damn. Mm. Dude already got <laughs> fired, and mm, that's mm, the thing. Mm. You're hiring scabs. This guy has already been fired for the gun firing off. Luckily, didn't kill anyone in the 2019 film, but yet you're going to fucking hire him to work on this movie, Rust, which sadly ended up killing Helena Hutchins. I mean, that's just that's disgusting, man. It's just disgusting. Um. You can't imagine what what Alec Baldwin is going through. You, can you imagine? Yeah, no. how he's feeling and 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 uh, how he's coping with it. I mean, um, and I'm curious if Alec will face any involuntary manslaughter charges. No, mm, he. I hope not. I mean, well, you know, it's... he he pulled the trigger, but he was assured it was a safe. Well, and then that's the other thing. Like, you're an actor. Like, you're paid to do the job. They tell you to shoot the gun. Whose fault is it? Right. You know what I mean? It's it's a very, very tricky situation right now. Yeah. Al Baldwin also is a producer on the film, Morgan. So as a producer, he actually has some responsibility Mm. as well. You know, so. Yeah, it's just, it's all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, um you would have thought they learned from Brandon Lee's experience that this would right. happen again. So, yeah, I mean, here I'm reading that uh, ABC's The Rookie is banning live weapons on set immediately following the fatal shooting of Alec Baldwin's Rust. This is not the only. I mean, they they use real guns on set, and um, yeah, this could probably be uh, just a way a means for for people to open their eyes on on the dangers that having real firearms on sets causes. I know you want the scene to look as realistic as possible, but God damn it, you know, um, you're putting people's lives at risks. And and sadly, um, yeah, someone actually died in Helena Hutchins. Mm. So it's just not right, guys. I It's just, it's really appalling what happened. I, I was very, very, very disturbed to, to read that that actually broke um after right after we wrapped i believe um last week's show i think the next day so didn't even didn't even know it last week and then of course i, I wake up thursday to to see that i'm just like just just blown, blown mm-hmm. away um but yes uh, definitely the uh, hearts and prayers go out to the family of helena hutchins um and ev- everyone that has um suffered from this onset tragedy so all right. Well, we don't want to make this a sad show, so we're going to move on to some other things here. Um, interesting enough, over on Netflix, Kevin Hart is tacking on an, a drama role 
Um, but it's kind of a loose biopic of his career. Interesting enough, as a comedian, you'd think it would be a comedy film, but no, this is kind of a kind of like. Um, is it a short story? Ah, that's that's funny. That's a, no, that's, a that's a rock joke. Yeah. It's actually called it's actually, it's actually called True Story. Okay. Yeah, so close, but uh, it premieres on November twenty fourth on Netflix. Um, and uh, it is a limited series. Stand corrected. Uh, where basically Kid, played by Kevin Hart, in his hometown of Philadelphia, which he is from Philadelphia, reconnects with his older brother, Carlton, played by Wesley Snipes, before things go south. So based on the trailer, he's involved with some kind of scandal that's affecting his career. So um, definitely um, definitely worth a look. Um, all right, I am all caught up on Squid Game. I binged that yep. crazy... Fucking series. Last week I was talking about wow, this is the most most to watch film on Netflix. Oh my god, this this series made the most money on Netflix, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like breaking all these records. I'm okay, finally I'm gonna sit down. Guys, I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, I watched <sighs> six episodes yeah. in a single night, watched uh the other four episodes the next night. I was just so blown away uh, by yeah. how it kept me on my seat. It made me Want to immediately watch the next episode based on the whole premise of the show. Um, Morgan, you're reacting like you have seen it. Yes, and it gave me anxiety. Did it give you anxiety? Yes, and I could not watch it at night. Like the first, we started watching it because I was like, everyone's watching it. I need to, I need to watch this. Okay, there's only nine, (laughs) nine episodes. Nine episodes, yeah. I was like, okay. So I watched the first two, and I was like, oh my god, I cannot watch any more of this. It's like eleven o'clock. I'm going to have nightmares. And sure enough, I dreamt about people being killed and whatever. Then I think like the next day I was like, all right, come on. We got to watch like another two or three. And the next day I did the same thing. And then I was like, oh my God, I need to finish this. So like I did it within a week and I was just like, what the hell with this show? And I have a lot of thoughts on the ending. And yeah. Um, Has anyone, has anyone like, adamant about not knowing much about the series yeah i want to watch it it you're gonna watch uh anna i watched it already i don't know i I did a tiktok did you guys see it on my instagram page no no i'm gonna i'll have to look i'll have to check well well, i guess we won't talk about the ending but chachi hasn't seen it i can put my headphones down do you want to talk about it yeah um yeah Yeah, just I'm going to give you a thumbs up when we're ready. Yeah, yeah, All right, cool. yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's just talk about Squid Game, and then I'm going to um, give a so little disclaimer things. for our audience so uh, to tune out if you don't want to know what happens to Squid Game, and then tune back a little later. But um, the part of part of it that really kept me um, on the edge of my seat and wanting to watch every episode was that the aspect of the elimination of the contestants playing the game. I think, number one, you felt for these characters. They developed these characters. They're playing yes. the survival games and Hunger Games yeah. Yeah. type of I mean, I, Yeah. And um, they started out with 456 mm. contestants. And all these contestants have some financial crisis or debt that they're trying to pay off. And they need the money for whatever reason. Um, so they enlist in this crazy game, um, which is a series of six 
games, but I guess before anyone agreed to being a part of this game, it's a deadly game. Um, well, but, yeah. yeah, that that first game right away. I mean, I kind of knew I kind of knew it was coming. Like, you, you knew had, it was you knew coming, people right? were dying. You knew people were going to die. You knew it was going to happen. Like, OK, like when yeah. they said eliminated, it just made me think of Hunger Games. Also, when they signed that paperwork at the beginning, like nobody took the time to read that. Like right. you were literally right. signing your body and life away. Right. So mm-hmm. at that point you should have known something was up like yeah so the first I think game it also like i think it yeah. also relates to our world because sometimes when you watch these kind of um movies it's set in like the future or in a different mm-hmm. time period but this one was so close at home that mm-hmm. you almost thought this could actually happen in real you know, life hey you know? i sometimes i'm like i bet this shit does happen Right or it's like I, I'm we literally don't. <laughs> like there are pe- there are people with so much money that we don't even know about like right. you never know yeah it and that's ma- I guess yeah, how me, that that creeps me out because at first I'm something. thinking how the fuck is this game financed you know by by this underground um, operation criminal operations and uh, obviously we saw the VIPs were you know millionaires billionaires and uh, one really creeped me out that guy that seduced the cop uh that was a freaky scene but uh that whole that thing the cop and the brother we -hmm. never really figured out why the brother did like right right right. why the brother ended up being the front man yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm upset about that i think those are things that are going to be answered in the sequel so as you know well, I don't want to watch it again. The only, the I only... Like, I don't want to do this. And I'm still, and I'm yeah. mad about the end. Sorry if we haven't gotten there, but I'm mad about the end. Like, obviously, this, the main, the guy, the main guy had a lot of, like, that is PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like, that is PTSD, like, whoa. But you have all that money. I would have right. taken that money, made a better life for me and my daughter. Right. And started and a foundation, gave back. And then I would have gone to therapy twice a week or something right but like he just sat and wallowed like i'm pissed about that and well, then you think about it it's blood money it's go, blood money morgan yes but you think could, about like you if you got blood money yeah I would, it's I tough would with it i would it's I tough would just, I, I, I can understand his hesitancy back, i go back and be like who are you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna find you out no walk away take the money and do good right that's as my two cents. I mean, as, fo- as soon as he found that they were still continuing on with the game, yes, the, protag- the protagonist who was about to board that plane yeah. turned around and walked daughter. off. He so was going to be reunited with his daughter. And it's interesting think- that you mentioned this. LeBron James, who's a big fan of Squid Game, apparently <laughs> tweeted about it in an interview, said that um, he did not like the ending. And yeah. the director, Huang Dong Hyuk, said, LeBron James is cool, can say what he wants. I respect that. I'm very thankful he watched the whole series, but I wouldn't change my ending. That's right. my ending. And I, right. think, uh, I think the reason why, I think the main character, I think that's the whole point. He's, he's, he's like really crummy and really bad in the beginning. Right. And he doesn't really have a purpose in life and he's addicted right. to gambling. And I think towards the end, like that's like that character development where he 
yes. is like I found my purpose and I feel like in real life we're all looking for our purpose in life and once we find it so that moment when he turns around like after that phone call he's like right. I found my purpose like I need to take down this organization right so, so why, I don't know that's how I took yeah. it <laughs> why do you no, think I, he did not want to gamble that. he was a gambler earlier he wins the squid game why do you think he didn't pursue the gambling because I think well, they because kind of, and then yeah, go well, ahead. Now you go ahead. <laughs> I just like with the old man, like I didn't see that twist coming. I that really twist was insane. Oh yeah. And that also irritated me, but it just shows it just goes to show like the corruption. Like this rich old man has nothing left to live for. And he's like, it's a game. I want to see who's who's a good person, who's a bad person, which I also kind of thought, okay, like there's, you know, there are some, there are a few good people still in the world, a few, because if you see in the game, the other guy like does the whole thing with the poor Indian guy, like like that. I didn't like that. My heart broke for him. Yeah. That That was really upsetting. But like, but you see there's good and there's bad and there's people that always do the right thing. And like Anna just said, where he turns around, he's like, this is my purpose. And I get that. And I think, I, I really do get that. But the other part of me was like, everyone said you were a deadbeat and like your wife divorced you and remarried. And like, this was your chance to show that like you could take care of your daughter. And like, I, I don't know. That was just, that was just me yelling at the screen. But I do agree with, with what you said about like, you know, he's the good guy. Like he knows what's mm-hmm. right and what's wrong. And I think he's trying to do the right thing. Right. And I think you're also right about that too, that maybe in him trying to take down the organization, he might lose his life and then not see his daughter. Right. So that's like one thing I was kind of debating in my mind. I'm like, I I know he's doing a good thing, but he might not see his daughter. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I was kind of conflicted. Yeah. See your daughter first, then take down the organization. Yeah. Right. 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 I think we're done with spoiler talk and we can, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we can welcome uh, Chachi back to the show, but, um, yeah, I One think more your thing. recap of Squid Game was longer than the actual um, series. Yeah, probably <laughs> so. <laughs> Let us know when you watch it. The director, yeah. Wang, I'll said do. that he is talking with Netflix about a second season. So uh, I think a lot of our questions will be answered. He said, of course, there is talk. That's inevitable because it's been such a talk. success. Yeah. I have a very I high level picture talk. in my mind. But I am yeah, not I going to work on it the straight way. There's a film I really want to make which I want to do first. So he's thinking about doing another film first. I'm like, eh, let's get back to squid game. So yeah. yeah. Um, do, do what's going to make you rich. It, right. It probably has already. I really like, I really like how like, I, I guess American audiences are opening up to other medias. Cause yes. I, Money I mean, Heist is another one that did right, well. Yeah. Yeah. Which was yeah. a Spanish yeah. series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of oh. course, let's not forget one of the uh, the best picture uh, in Parasite winning at the Oscars. So yeah. yes, hell yeah. Um, so good. again, you know, you can look past the subtitles, but I think, and I mentioned on the show before, it it kind of helped. I mean, I know, maybe I'm going to watch it again with in Korean with the subtitles, but the first time I watched it was with the English dub, and I just feel like it just it, it, it hits yeah. me a little better. Oh. But maybe I'll I'll rewatch it. But I don't know it was really. Some parts are very disturbing, guys, but let's move on. A couple yeah, more like I, things. I'm happy this kind of stuff is taken off because I think it's going to hopefully kick um, American cinema in the ass because I think they're 
relying too much on these remakes and reboots and sequels and stuff all the time and not doing any kind of like real mm-hmm. fresh ideas. This is so an original like, story. Stuff. Right, but exactly. It's very, it's, I, I feel it's very highly influenced by Hunger Games, though. I really feel yes. like it. Yes. And Alice in Wonderland. I haven't seen that, but that's what I've been told, too. Okay, cool. But great series. Yeah. Highly recommended. It's um, a Japanese our, series, by the way, not not the oh, American Alice. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, oh, just there's a Japanese thank you version. For, yes. Thank you for clarifying. Someone that else told me that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, one of my favorites, um, Chachi. I sent you my short list of people I want to meet. Um, Julia Garner is one of them. Um, she's got a new show called Inventing Anna. Of course, we love her in Ozark as the foul mouth Ruth. Um, yeah. But she is the, this series is the biopic series of that fake socialite, Anna Delvey, as she tricked New York's elite, the party people in New York, oh, yeah. in order to embezzle money from them. Mm-hmm. And it's a series about that and also the journalist played by Anna Klumsky, who we love from Veep, um, investigating the case of Anna. And she's a German uh, woman alleged heiress and Instagram celebrity who broke in New York's social scene to make friends and then steal their money. Um, they just showed some first look photos. Um, I, I believe a trailer will be dropping very soon, but um, yeah, she looks very different than her Ruth character. Straight, straight, long hair, red. Julia Gardner sporting a very different look, almost unrecognizable because she's known for those curly blonde locks. Um, and the saw. accent. And the accent in Ozark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that should be pretty cool. Um, and for you Jonas Brothers fans, they're going to do a Jonas Brothers family roast on Netflix. So I'm sure maybe a few of you might be into it, but not me. <laughs> I do like a good roast. A roast, really? They're going to do a family roast. I guess, I guess they're all going to rip on each other for wearing um, purity purity bracelets. I mean, for, for <laughs> remember back they were the like pledging their virginity that. from back in the day. Yeah. I was like, that's not gonna last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. not a weird, weird um group to roast. I don't know. Yeah. And two more points, which I think this will very flow very well with the classic cut. On HB I'm sorry, on Disney Plus, let's talk about Hayden Christensen is not only gonna be in the Obi-Wan series, he will be reprising his role of Anakin Skywalker in Ahsoka. This is huge Yay. news, great news. This is obviously a live action series. Rosario Dawson will be reprising her role from the yeah. Mandalorian as Ahsoka Tano. And um, I'm guessing this will timeline wise, I, I'm just a little bit not sure where it falls timeline wise because it could get a little confusing with the timelines in the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah. As during the Mandalorian, if I'm not mistaken, he's already dead. You know, um, Darth Vader's already dead because mm. um, I believe does it not take place a little bit after Return of the Jedi, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Yeah, he should be okay. dead by then. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing that this is probably going to take place somewhere in the timeline. Guessing of maybe. Um, Clone Wars or maybe Rebels? That's the thing. I'm not sure. Um, obviously, that's. I guess maybe finding out whether he's playing Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker will kind of make more sense. But um, 
And of course, Rosario, and she's playing an alien species, but she's going to have to play a character much younger. Um, so that's another thing that I was curious. But I think as an alien, I don't think it really matters. You know, she can look the same. She's got the orange skin. You know, I don't think that's going to impact it that much. So, um, but um, that's exciting. That's really exciting. I just think that Hayden Christensen, um, after the prequels, he kind of laid low. You know, yeah, you noticed that. He did a couple films, but he kind of laid low. And it was that one Jumper, was it called? Jumper, yeah, Jumper yeah. was a very good film. And yeah, now that he's returning uh, to um, Obi Wan and now here Ahsoka, I think that's just just great news. So that's that's really really. So is he is he gonna play like inside of the um, Darth Vader um, costume for all these movies? Uh, for all, well, this, these are gonna be series on Disney Plus. So there's gonna be series. Um, so just. Yeah. So they didn't confirm. Um, well, they said that he's going to reprise his role as Anakin. Um, so that makes me think that Ahsoka will have um, Hayden Christian playing Anakin pre Darth Vader. Yeah, I the think timeline does, yeah. for Obi Wan, the Obi Wan series, is after um, it was in between the prequels. So that's that's kind of young Darth Vader. Yeah, but he's so way think, older than he was in the prequels. Correct. But I think as that's the thing, I think that, that that's gonna be a tough, yeah, tough timeline to, to do. But I, I believe he's gonna play Anakin's the Anakin Skywalker in between episode two and three in the Ahsoka series. That's my prediction. I don't know how. Yeah, it's true. Because is he, he like he, is he like twenty about, years older? He's a lot older now, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's going to, you know, I think that's up to the producers to figure out how they're going to make that work. If you're an alien species, a droid, it doesn't matter. But if you're a human, you want right. it to look realistic with the timeline. So. But I think with, again, with the Obi-Wan series, I think it's all about Obi-Wan, you know, escaping after episode three. Right. So this is and, 20 years later. And hiding. Yeah. So, yeah. so. Yeah, a lot again, I'm but so plot details. Yeah, I it's know. exciting, but plot details are being kept uh, in the far reaches of the outer room. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think but, I think Hayden Christian is already kind of like I think people are viewing him a lot better now than they did back when the movies came out. Right. It's kind of like a nostalgia thing. So yeah. I think if they do this right, I think he's really going to increase his um, star rating. I think, I think so, so too. Yeah. yeah. And be happy to know that Dave Filoni is writing the series and executive yeah. producing wow. with John Favreau. So, you know, it's a good hands. I think Dave Filoni yeah. and and mm-hmm. uh, John Favreau should pretty much do anything. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did Star he work Wars? on, Dave? Well, Dave Filoni was was the man behind the Mandalorian. Okay, good. He's he is the he's the right hand man to John Favreau, and he yeah. has been with the Star Wars, um, with with Lucasfilm. Uh, since the prequels, I believe. Yeah. Well, just whoever's worked on the Mandalorian, just use them. Nobody else. Keep everybody else far away. And I think that's, that, fine. that would be John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Yeah. And John we trust. And John right, we trust. Right. John <laughs> and Dave. Let's not forget Dave. Dave's a big part Dave of it. John and Dave. JD. And, yeah. And as you know, we mentioned a Hocus Pocus sequel is in production. Yes. An actor that I got to work with, a really nice guy, great talented guy, Sam Richardson, who I worked with on Veep, has joined the cast of Hocus Pocus sequel. 
Uh, he's going to be uh, appearing alongside Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy, and this will be a follow-up to the 90, 1993 comedy that starred Midler, Parker, Jamie as three witches um, who were resurrected in Salem, Massachusetts. So, yeah, there's there's no way they're not going to ruin this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think with the original cast. And I mean, it's been so long. Like, we have Anne Fletcher from the proposal directing the movie, Lynn Harris serving as executive producer. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's just hope, uh, hope for good things for the Hocus Pocus too. I mean, I'm glad it's not a remake, but it just seems right. like whenever they take so long in between yeah. movies, when it comes back, like, you know, 30 years later mm-hmm. that they never do it right. You know, very, very right. few, very few. Um, cause it, cause it was 1993, right? Or yeah, 93, yeah. 1993. Yeah. yeah yep. I just watched it last night I was oh, like, cool. God, this was so long ago and yeah people love it like it's a cult classic like and it's deserving certainly deserving of a someone who doesn't like scary movies like this is my halloween movie so uh it's yeah it'll definitely be interesting that they're doing a a sequel like this many years later so yeah hopefully that's just going to be a money grab because what a lot of stuff is and You'll hear from my interview coming up later in the show from... Um, it's coming up that, sooner than you think? Um, Omri Katz, who plays uh, Max. You'll find out yep. if he is going to be in the sequel or That's not. That's right, Chachi. And Ooh. I think this is a good time to take a classic cut break. Okay. We're going to find the classic cut into directly your interview with Omri Katz, Chachi. Back, back. Look at that. Look at that. Nice. So, you see how I did that? See the um, Hocus Pocus Perfect. news bit to the classic cut. To your interview with Omni Katz, man, it's crazy. But I guess you do want to hear your theme, right? I do, especially okay, for this so we... double double Chachi um, celebration double. here. My dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. Chachi. That's right, it's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's Classic Cut, where each and every week I dust off some of our old cassette tapes sitting there in the corner of our lovely studio and play it for your listening pleasure. And this week is no different, and I had to pick a Halloween song, and since we're going to play the interview from Max, um, you know, Amri, who plays Max on Hocus Pocus, I had to pick a song from the movie. And this is actually like a, I guess you can say like a remake of the song because they didn't release the version of the song sung by Bette Midler. But this is actually, I put a spell on you by an artist called Patty Cake. Patty Cake, yes. Um, but yeah, um, and we're going to go right into my interview after this. And I really think Hocus Pocus really, I was late to the game, probably like maybe six years ago I started watching it, and it definitely has become one of my Halloween favorite movies to watch every year. And I think it really holds up, even though it's a movie um, that came out in 93, and a lot of times stuff that comes out, like 80s and 90s, can be like real cheesy and compared to today's standards. And, you know, and some of the special... Don't hold up. Some of the special effects, you know, are, you know, a little dated in the movie, but I think the movie definitely holds up, especially like... Disney movies around that time definitely had a lot of heart, and I think this movie has a lot of heart. And also, it, um, you know, it's a little scary, so it, it didn't like, um, 
it didn't pamper the kids, you know, which a lot of um, the kids' uh, movies today do. So I think it definitely holds up. But this is this song is I Put a Spell on You by Patty Cake. So enjoy. And following that classic cut from Hocus Pocus, Chachi's interview from Monster Mania with Omri Katz, one of the stars of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, it's a Chachi yeah. celebration. Enjoy. Right. Enjoy. I in love. It's been 300 years, right down to the day. Now the witch is back, and there's hell to pay. I put a spell on you. And now you're mine! Hey guys, we're here at Monster Mania. Always one of my favorite cons of the year, especially around Halloween. And we got a great Halloween um, guest today. You might know him as Max from a small Halloween film called Hocus Pocus. You might have heard small. it before. This is a small movie, yeah. <laughs> this is this is Omri Katz. Omri, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful here. It's awesome to meet you. And actually, this is your um, first ever con. I can't believe it. First ever con, yep. I got uh, convinced to do this. <laughs> Who convinced you? Uh, Daniel the... Harris. Okay, okay. Yeah. What convinced you to finally do a con? I know people are huge fans of Hocus Pocus. What took you so long? I don't know. i just kind of been out of the limelight and not really a public figure anymore. And uh, she just kind of talked me into saying, you know... Um, the fans would really enjoy it, and I think I'd have a really good time. So I was like, you know what? Why not go experience it once, see how it goes? Yeah. And if I have a good time, maybe I'll do some more. So, so far, so good. So, so the third day, um, is it pretty cool meeting your fans, hearing like their love for the movie now? People have been so kind and so nice and uh, really kind of bringing me back to that nostalgic feeling of that time because... You know, it's been so long. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been awesome. It came out in 93, correct? 93, yeah. yeah. Filmed in 92, yeah. Now, now, are you surprised with, like, it's, it seems like it's growing in popularity every year now. You know, it came out, you know, it was a hit, but not like, you know, what it is nowadays. Every uh, year it's getting bigger. Well when it came right. out, and now it's a huge success. And why do you think that is? Like, um, I don't know. It's I think probably has a lot to do with the theme, yeah. you know, being around Halloween time. Right. And I think also it's just very family fun doesn't necessarily a lot of halloween stuff is like really gory or whatever not and um i think this is just a great way for parents that grew up with this to kind of express it on to their kids or pass it on to their kids excuse me and um yeah it's just kind of one of those movies that i think can just stay timeless what's funny is you go you watch a movie from the 80s and 90s sometimes they're real cheesy you know low budget or whatever but this movie holds up it looks like it could could have been filmed recently yeah so i think that's part of the appeal too that it's not really dated as a movie it it still holds up it's it's disney so you know it's going to be high quality big budget for sure they got they got the money to do whatever they want and um yeah it does hold up not too bad i mean obviously technology and special has gotten better but you know given for the time and even does stand up to the test of time so now um you know, Hocus Pocus, people are just loving it. Um, how did you get selected um, to play the part of Max in that movie? How did I get selected? Um, well, I was already in the process of, you know, in the business, working on different things. So I went and I read for it, and I screen tested for it, and I didn't hear from them for like four or five months. And then I got a call one day like, you know what, come in again. We want you to read for it again. 
and then they gave me the part. So cool. And I read online, I don't know if it's a rumor, if it's true or not, but like, did they um, originally like try to get Leonardo DiCaprio for the part of Max? Have you heard that? I have heard that. I can't like for certain know if that was for sure but that's the rumor i think he declined because he was already in the process of working on this boy's life or whatever i think it was um what's eating gilbert grape yeah one of those two and um yeah i guess i was second in line you're in great company there with leonardo yeah, yeah, but you know, Leo's Leo. Right now, the cast is amazing. <laughs> the cast was amazing, especially like the um, older, established actors at the time. You know, oh yeah, um, Kathy Najimy, um, Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah, Bette Midler. What was it like working with um, those um, legends at the time? Uh, an honor and a privilege. Um, even though I didn't carry on my career later, um, I was very inspired, and I feel very blessed to be able to work with such incredible talent. You know, um, you know, and now there's talk about Hocus Pocus 2. Have you heard anything about it? Have you been contacted to maybe come back and reprise the role as Max? You could talk about it at least. Uh, all I know is that the witches are coming back. Okay. Um, obviously, they got to get a new set of young virgins to light the candle. <laughs> and uh, in terms of like me or any of uh, the other kids that were in the movie, I don't believe any of us have been contacted oh. to be back. So. I don't know if it's in production yet in terms of filming. I know they've already built some sets and stuff, but um, you know maybe they're still writing stuff. Maybe they want to bring us back for a cameo. Who knows? You know. For me, I usually hate sequels, especially after that long. If you don't have the original cast, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about the new people. I want to see the original, the OGs of, I think most of Hocus Pocus. That. Yeah. Um, so if they asked you, you'd be back to do it for sure oh it's awesome yeah why not okay. it's such a cool experience filming in actual Salem Massachusetts actually I've been there seen a lot of the filming locations what that experience like you know being like filming the, the scenes in this location that was like known for like burning people that they thought were witches well I think that's what probably drew us yeah. to be there you know because of the old Salem witch trials and the history that uh, happened there um, you know we only spent two weeks filming in that's, Salem, that's crazy, most yeah. of it was on a soundstage. Okay. Um, so I think most a lot of the exterior shots, especially with the like fall colors of the leaves, um, so like the school and my house and Allison's house, um, and that was pretty much all we did there. Okay. Um, but that was a great two weeks to spend out there. It's cool. The house is still there. It looks the same. Like yeah, I a hear, big tourist I, attraction around Halloween time. Yeah, I hear the tenants <laughs> there aren't too pleased with people always <laughs> coming and taking pictures there. So. But you, know, you had a nice career. You did Area Indiana, which I had loved growing up. Um, yeah. What was that experience like? Working on that show uh that was that was a great experience that was also another just remarkable talent between production writers directors and actors that i got to work with i'd say that was probably the most fun experience i ever had filming anything you probably at the time were like known as like a heartthrob, probably all the Team Beat magazines and stuff. Was what was that experience about? Do you have like this women that are throwing themselves at you, like being like a teen icon at that time? Yeah, it, that's <laughs> like for me personally, yeah. I think that's just a weird, a weird <laughs> thing to uh, experience. Right. But yeah, you know, you know how girls or boys or whoever it could yeah, be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I wouldn't say throwing themselves at all me, right. but you know, a lot of screaming and like, <laughs> like oh my god! Yes! Right, right, right. So, right. Um, yeah, that was kind of weird. So no marriage proposals this weekend at the con? No, no, okay. no. Nobody's <laughs> asked me to marry them, and I haven't asked anybody okay, to marry okay. them. So. so, and what made you get out of the business? Like, you know, are you, um, and what kind of work are you doing now? Do you care to disclose? Uh, no, no, I can talk about it. Okay. I, um, 
I don't know. I never really enjoyed being in the public sphere. Okay. Um, I don't really like publicity. Okay. I don't really like being the center of attention. So I think that kind of drew me away from it. And That's I never, why you're doing an interview now then, right? What's that? <laughs> That's why you're doing an interview with us now then. because you hate Sure. I mean, you. yeah, right? Because yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, camera's off, people. Right, right, right. Um, I think that... Um, I never was truly passionate about acting. I kind of just grew up doing it. Okay. And as I got older, I started to realize I just wanted to go have a human experience okay. and go travel and see the world and see awesome. what else is available, you know, see what what I can experience in life. And then now um, I have my own cannabis business. Okay. And uh, we're just getting launched, coming soon. You want to plug any kind of website or anything for that? Yeah. Okay. It's uh, themarydanksters.com. Okay. That's... Uh, T-H-E-M-A-R-Y-D-A-N-K-S-T-E-R.com. And, um, yeah, check us out. And if you're in California, we'll have products on the shelf hopefully sooner and later. You said it was cannabis, you said? It's cannabis, yeah. A different kind of Hocus Pocus there. Different kind of, yeah. <laughs> Might even have a strain called Hocus Pocus. That'd be, that'd be perfect. would be perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, well, great interview. If you don't mind, let us know who you are. Um, throw out Hocus Pocus, your character name, and let us know you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Okay. Hey, okay. Psalm Recaps. Uh, Max Dennison from Hocus Pocus and Marshall Teller from Erie, Indiana. And uh, you're here listening to the Below the Belt Show. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And we're back, guys. Wow, that was Hocus Pocus. I put a spell on you, followed by a great interview uh, from Monster Mania with Omri Katz, one of the stars of Hocus Pocus. Interesting that he was not contacted yet, unless he's trying to kind of, you know, uh, ruse us a little bit, Chachi, but he, interesting, interesting that he was not contacted to reprise his role. Clearly, he's not an actor anymore, and yeah. it was a big surprise that you revealed that he owns a cannabis business. So yeah. talk about your child stars gone, uh, got a little different, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it kind of like, it kind of um, makes me lose faith in the sequel, knowing that. Uh... And, I, and I've read that, you know, like Thora Birch wasn't contacted either. She had an interview um, last week too. Um, so I don't see why. I, I mean, a secret if it, they were in it. I feel like they it should have had Max, be. Max and Allison be married, right. and Thora Birch is the fun wild aunt or whatever. And they <laughs> all come back together for one Halloween, and Max and Allison's kids. They could be like twins or something, and they well, a boy and a girl, and they light the candle. There's there you your go. Story. Right, right. Can you something think like that. Would want to get revenge, right? Yeah, yeah. So what I better way than to get revenge on their own children? Yeah. Okay. Hello, Spielberg. Take. Why did no one call me for my? Well, you gotta call your grace. Yeah. You, you totally <laughs> had it for sure. Oh my gosh. So that yeah, that was great. Um. And of course, yeah, uh, ending tonight's show will be Tony Todd in a, in a Monster Mania on location interview as well. You don't Our, know how intimidating um, he is in person. Just such a big guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, he looks scary. He's yeah. scary, and he's scary to interview. You gotta you gotta tread carefully. <laughs> you don't need he doesn't need any kind of makeup or costumes or whatever to be Candyman. He he is Candyman. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. All right, so let's uh, throw out some more Hollywood stuff, guys, on HBO Max. All right. So before I've expressed on the show how I don't like it, how the same actor plays two characters in the same universe, 
And we're getting that already with um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's now playing Craven, who's also Quicksilver in the first Avengers movie. And of course, doesn't bother me as much, but Josh Brolin playing Thanos and Cable. Um, because Thanos, he was CG. Brendan Fraser is going to be in the new Batgirl movie on HBO Max. And if you didn't know, he's Mr. Robot Man in Doom Patrol on HBO Max. And I guess it's okay because he's providing the voice of a robot character. Um, but I guess in this Batgirl movie, he's actually playing himself. I mean, he's he's not going to be under the guise of any costume or or anything like that, but um, he will be playing the pyro-themed Batman villain Firefly. Anna B, you know about Firefly? I know you know your Batman, uh, Batman Rogues yeah. Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think Brendan Fraser will do as the Firefly character? I'm curious. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. I'm always hesitant, but then sometimes they do like blow your mind, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a curious one. But are you excited that they're going the Latinx route for the Batgirl? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So Leslie Grace, um, she's gonna be playing uh, Batgirl. Um, and um, the Birds of Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson will be writing this uh, DC um, EU film, which is gonna go straight to. HBO Max in 2022 will not have a theater run. I'm just going to go straight to HBO Max. So, um, so interesting enough, a little more information on Michael B. Jordan's um, Black Superman. So as you know, mm. um, it's all about a different character from Krypton. So they're not redoing Superman. Okay. The character's name is Val Zod. Wow. Val Zod, and it's interesting with that last name Zod. Yeah, got to think of General Zod and not Mike the General Zod, but the Zod character oh, okay. from yeah, Superman. That, well, General Zod did get uh, inspiration. That's immediately from the Zod what character. I think. Of. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll focus on Val Zod, the second DC character to take up the mantle of Superman. This is the only the second Superman ever. It's always been Clark Kent. Since day one. But he's but he's not Superman. Or Well, okay, so Val is a black Kryptonian who found his way to Earth. It's interesting that that's the verbatim in the article. Um and eventually uses his powers to fight evil, including a brainwashed Superman at one point in the comics. Um and um interestingly enough, there is another Superman in the comic books, Superman's son. We talked about on the show um, who is um, the first gay Superman, I guess. Um, but um, again, rep- representation is, it, uh, matters here now. So, um, but this this Val Azad character, um, and I, I think it's great. I mean, obviously, I thought everybody on Krypton died except for Kara. Uh, yeah, Kara but this Zarell. is a different. This is a different universe, right? No, I don't know. I don't know if it's a different universe or not. I thought it was Earth 2 or whatever the hell I read. Oh, Earth 2. Now it makes sense. Okay. See, and this is a part of the problem with DC. Like, they, this, they, they can't focus on one thing. 
they're gonna be doing all this other different shit and different mm-hmm. realities and mm-hmm. and dimensions and all this kind of, I mean just stick with the game plan stick with the game plan yep yeah, um Batman's. Mm-hmm. um and Billy Porter um great great actor great talent is directing a feature film for HBO Max called Camp it's about teen comedy i know you love those uh coming of age comedies about love musical theater and summer camp that sounds like a show that uh morgan fab could be behind perhaps 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 musical theater it's got billy porter it's it's about love it's a coming of age thing you know i don't know perhaps but you might be actually more into the Wheel of Time, Your Grace, because I know you're a big Game of Thrones fan. This yes. is a fantasy series in the in the realm of Game of Thrones because it is fantasy, medieval time kind of period. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first three episodes will drop on November 19th. It stars Rosamund Pike, and it's based mm-hmm. on Robert Jordan's novel series of the same name. Um, yeah. And it's all about dragons too. And I know you're, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a kind of a recurring thing for fantasy, right? Dragons and, and that magic. Sounds, and, but, uh, that sounds familiar. Um, hmm. probably as books that my mother told me to read, but you said it's based on books. Yes. It's based on yeah. Robert Jordan's novel series of the same name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a member of the magical all female organization who leads five young people on a journey around the world while trying to learn which one of them will fulfill the prophecy of the dragon reborn. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and one thing, speaking of Amazon, uh, as you know, the boys is one of my favorite sh- shows. Yeah. I got to give, uh, uh, I guess, uh, props to Chachi for ribbing me pretty bad. Um, one of my favorites <laughs> is, Aaron Moriarty, who I got to meet at uh, New York Comic Con, and uh, I had a dream about her. I had a dream that I was on a date with her, and I <laughs> told Chachi that I hope I never wake up. I said, I, I was like, I really didn't want to wake up, you know? It, just, she was patient. She was waiting for me. She asked me to go. To, it was really odd. She asked me to, like, mail something for her. So I had to find what? a mailbox near the restaurant where we were having dinner. Then I was like, okay, she's probably going to leave. I'm thinking she was waiting for me at the restaurant Aww. after I came back. <laughs> so I told Chachi about it, right? Chachi fucking says, when did you have this dream? I was like, oh, it was last night. I was like, oh, wow. He sends me a screenshot of Aaron Moriarty <laughs> saying, I just had a date from hell last night. Hashtag nightmare, hashtag never sleep again, whatever. Her, her Twitter. Right. Okay. So it was a screen cap from Twitter. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What? How? Holy fucking coincidence. <laughs> I go to Aaron Moriarty's fucking Instagram, Twitter, all her social media. She does not post anything about having a nightmare. And um, after some investigating, there is something called a Twitter, a fake Twitter meme generator or something like that. Mm. So it does exist. Oh. Sachi, you ribbed me pretty good. I have to give you proper points on that. I think she yeah. just deleted it before you saw it. Oh, you think she did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be careful with you. 
Chachi's course, a good river, man. He ribs me pretty bad, though. I got it. He thought it was real at first. Like, I did what? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? What? What? And like, yeah. you're talking yeah. about your best date ever, and then she's posting about her worst date ever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. But before we go, let's take some snapshots. Right. Yeah, some Halloween snapshots. We're gonna do one without the helmet, and then okay. one with. The yeah, helmet. one. With... Okay, so nice here we go. Blondes tonight. Pardon? Nice having two blondes tonight. Yeah, right. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. One, two, ready? Smile. One, two. Okay, I'm gonna put the helmet on. Tasha, can you okay. take the honors for the second one? Yeah. Okay. What about the skeleton head? I am. I am. Okay. And hold up baby Yoda, Al. <laughs> there it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> cute. All right. That was awesome. All right. So we got to bow down. Bend the knee, yes. everybody. A Cinderella, a.k.a. your grace. Farewell. Okay. Okay. Well, happy Halloween, you guys. Happy Halloween, Morgan. We'll be in touch if yes. um Message makes me. to the area. See you guys. Uh, Bye. Thanks Bye. Thanks for joining. So that was your grace. Uh, dressed as Cinderella for our Halloween episode of BTB. And we don't know if uh, Sabrina Taylor Smith, STS, is joining us or not tonight. But nonetheless... It is her holiday. It is her holiday, and the show will go on regardless. All right. All right. So over on Hulu, um, talked about this candy series. It's a true crime series about Candy Montgomery. Um, Pretty crazy story. She's a housewife in Texas who murdered her best friend with an axe. 1980. Jessica Biel is going to play Candy Montgomery. They just added Timothy Simon to the cast. He's best known as Jonah from Veep and uh, another actor I, I worked a lot with um, when Veep was here in Maryland. So um, awesome. Another great cast member for that show. Um, Jason Sudeikis hosted Saturday Night Live. Um, and he did his Joe Biden alongside James Austin Johnson's President Joe Biden. Um, but I actually think this new cast member of Saturday Night Live does the best Joe Biden impression, you know, um, a lot of people loved Alec Baldwin's impression of Donald Trump, but, uh, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think I really think James is the strongest and, and there's been a lot of cast members on SNL that have done presence over the years. And, uh, I think he does a really good job at it. So, um, um, but yeah, um, yeah, he had a really good monologue. I mean, Jason Sudeikis basically comes home to Saturday Night Live. That's where he got his start. And he uh, said um, he's a part of the show's amazing history, which it does have a history, a history that was fueled for its first 25 years by cocaine and adrenaline, the next 15 years by Starbucks and an unhealthy comparison, and the last six years by Adderall and fear. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty accurate, considering some of the bad choices a lot of the early cast members, like, you know, the John Belushi's and the, you know, the... um, Sadly, the Chris Farley's that they're no longer with us. So, 
Um, over on Peacock, Craig Robinson, who we loved in Hot Tub Time Machine and many other projects, um, has a series called Killing It. Um, so look out for that. He plays a man who will do anything to make his American dream come true, even compete in a state-sponsored python hunt. Okay. Curious how that one will become a series. You're hunting for pythons. An entire series on hunting pythons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see about that one. Oh, and I did mention Paris Hilton earlier. She's got a docu-series called Paris in Love, which will be streaming uh, starting November 11th. Basically, it's a 13-part um, series about her wedding as she is yeah. on the road to the altar doesn't sound like uh, as fun as a show as A Simple Life she did with Nicole Richie, because that was a little bit more fun. Yeah, it's not as good as her first um, project either that she had. Oh, One Night in Paris? Yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> that'd be more interesting than this series. Oh, man. Are you so, somebody like, more bored during sex than her? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, answering her phone during it. She did answer her phone. That's wild, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. That's before texting, right? So I'm sure she's just on her phone texting the whole time now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. Like selfies and everything, yeah. Yeah. She, well, she's apparently um, a ch- she's going to be an honest woman now, Chachi. She's no longer going to be that wild party girl I saw uh, at the Hollywood Hills. You should see her documentary that she had. You tell me about it because I haven't seen it yet. Are you? Is this the is one that was on one? YouTube? Uh, I think it is on YouTube or on Netflix now too. Okay. Yeah, did it's it, really it, good. Did shed some light on um on her yeah. character because she was kind of portraying a character, yeah. right? And she yeah, admitted yeah, that like, too, right? Yeah, she she was not really that dumb like she portrayed in the series. I mean, the reality <laughs> TV show. She's actually right. really smart. And so yeah, it was kind of interesting to see like the real her. And, like, she talks about an experience she dealt with in her personal life. So you should watch it because it's really good. I'm going to have to yeah. check it out. Yeah, you her, know? Um, I mean, yeah, her song wasn't that bad either. Stars are blind. That has yeah. been a classic cut. It's kind of catchy, right? It's kind of catchy. It is a catchy, yeah. even though I, I don't know if she did much. It's a catchy song. <laughs> she did, I doubt she really had much to do with the writing of the song. But nonetheless, you got you to gotta applaud the effort she I mean, The lyrics weren't that deep, but yeah. Yeah, it was catchy. <laughs> It was catchy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, but, you know, it's interesting to talk about Paris, you know, that full circle, you know, the way hanging out at the Hollywood Hills party, saying that. You and I. Um, yeah, uh, Atlantic City. We were at the Harris by the Pool. Yes. Got to go in the VIP area. And the way she was spinning. Yeah. Yeah. Turning yeah. Up. She was DJing. Got also a chance to hang out with Nikki on a separate party at, at Harris. And that at that time, I actually spoke with Nikki, like had like full on conversations. It was crazy because there was not as many people in that area because yeah. I guess Paris is, I guess, the more popular of the two. And uh, I, I met her husband, who's still her husband today. And yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, we were talking for a bit. Um, those are good times back in the day, I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah, I miss those. I miss I miss those fun club days, man. The club days, pre-COVID, all that good stuff. All the pre-COVID stuff was just yeah. a lot of fun. This present COVID, eh, not as much fun, I gotta admit. <laughs> Were you ever uh, a clubber, Anna? Huh? 
Were you ever, were you ever a clubber? Oh yeah, in my early twenties. Okay. Yeah. Where did you like to frequent? Were you in um, West Virginia at the time, or were you elsewhere? No, I was like in Arlington, so I was close to DC. So we were oh, in wow. DC all the time. So. What were your frequent? What was what it? K places? Street. Yeah, K you like to frequent K Street back in the day. Yeah, like Lima Lounge when it was still. Yeah. Yeah. Lima. yeah. Lima was yeah. good. I remember Lima. Yeah, that was fun. Well. Well, DC think, is known uh, as the um, West Virginia of the East. If you didn't know that. Kind of the same situation there. Oh Jesus! Oh man, <laughs> too funny. Um, Catherine Hahn, who has had a renewed career uh, due to her role in WandaVision, apparently her new show uh, portraying Joan Rivers is going to be scrapped. She would have been playing the legendary comedian, apparently not moving forward because Joan Rivers' life rights are currently held by her daughter, Melissa Rivers, and it hadn't been secured by the producers. So, uh, which makes sense. I mean, but one thing that Melissa Rivers did bring up is that Catherine Hahn is not Jewish. And um, she said that non-Jewish actors um, playing Jewish characters um, that apparently shouldn't be the case. Analogous to where Sarah Silverman called the issue Jewface, which is, I don't know if that's taught, you could talk about in the same vein. I think it's completely different, um, but uh, Jewface. Well, thank God no Jewish actors have ever played Christian actors, Christian characters. Um, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that's definitely not true. That's definitely not true. Definitely not true. Um, all right. Um, wow. Can you believe Cobra Kai Ch- Chachi nominated again? Was nominated at the Emmys, and this time it's nominated for the People's Choice Awards. Oh, so, good. yeah. So I mean, uh, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. I mean, this is just a testament of how Netflix sh- saved a TV show um, because who know who knows if it will continue on, on, on YouTube, if it didn't go to Netflix, but uh, yeah, well, YouTube was getting rid of all their scripted original content. Shows. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it definitely gave Cobra Kai the much larger profile that they deserve. Okay. But well, the, you know, you, the quality has been from the beginning though. Right. And if you want to know who's probably still my favorite season. Probably so. But Cobra Kai is nominated for the best TV show 2021, along with uh, Grey's Anatomy, which who the heck's yeah. watching yeah. Grey's Anatomy? I watch Grey's Anatomy. Are you still you watching know? Grey's Anatomy? Yes. You're the one. I'm going to be a loyal fan to like wow. <laughs> Law and Order SVU. 20 years. God, this is another one. Law and Order SVU, which has been on for like 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, feels like it. Loki, Saturday Night Live, The Bachelor. This is us and WandaVision. Now, just think of the the scale of these shows, the best shows of 2021, the People's Choice Awards, compared to like the best shows of the Emmys. And like, it's kind of interesting to see the changes because you're not going with 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 very highly intelligent series. You're not seeing Ozark on here, um, yeah. which is uh, you know crazy. I mean, you, dude, best drama show of 2021. There's no Ozark. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, but you're seeing uh, Outer Banks and you're seeing 
Grey's Anatomy and The Equalizer, The Walking Dead, This Is Us. Yeah. <laughs> is Love Lovely Living Special next to, um, next to um, Grey's Anatomy? What is next to Grey's Anatomy? Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver, yeah, because I think they've been around, uh, you know, same, around the same, right? Same, yeah. same time, right? Comedy show of 2021, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Grownish, Never Have I Ever, Only Murders in the Building, SNL. I like that show. Only Murders in the Building. I've heard good things about that show. Ted Lasso, The Upshaws, and Young Rock. Young Rock, comedy show of 2021. So again, it's it's a good, you know, these these are very heavily by the public these shows and the the categories you're not going to see critics you're not going to see academy members or anything like that it's just pure purely what america likes that's what the people's choice awards is all about good 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 the movie of 2021 okay interesting ones here black widow coming to america really yeah f9 fast saga no, F9. Okay, well, it's lost all credibility. Fast and no. Furious 9. Yeah, there's no credibility in this category. Dune. Okay. No Time to Die. Shang-Chi, The Legends of Ten Rings. The Tomorrow War. And Venom, Let There Be Carnage. All right. It's basically any movie that you've heard of in the past year. Like, yeah. These are the movies of 2021, uh, dude. Yeah. So again, you're not going to see any Oscar contention movies, anything like that. Nine um, to be an Oscar contender. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm not thinking any any point in time. So yes, don't need. Problem. I don't need to read the rest of these categories, you but you not need to. No. Um, but yeah, that just just to show you how frivolous those People's Choice Awards are, you know. Um, but one award show that Mr. Carey, our good friend Mr. Carey, Chauncey, alluded to is the Gotham Awards. And this is a, a award show that recognizes independent projects on a bigger scale that kind of have that would, would have would probably be noticed at the Oscars, basically, you know. So those films, I mean, makes more sense. I mean, you have The Green Knight, The Lost Daughter with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Passing with Rebecca Hall and um, Tessa Thompson. And it's called the Gotham Awards? The Gotham Awards, yeah. Yeah, I thought every category would be about Batman. Yeah, you would think <laughs> it was an award called, called the Gotham Awards. But, uh, you know, Gotham, Gotham is actually another term for New York City. You didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. I did. yeah. Batman also, is all about New York City, yeah. Also the Big Apple. And the have Big you, Apple, too. Heard yeah. that one before? I've heard, I've, I have heard of that one. I have heard of that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Pig and Test Pattern. Those are the other two um best films of the Gotham Awards that takes place um at the end of November. So um yeah. Um. Well, let's talk a little bit about um Dave Chappelle and the whole Netflix Netflix controversy. Um. I feel like we've talked about this every week, but I feel like maybe this is a, we can kind of conclude it tonight. And unless some crazy revelation comes out of it, but um, in his latest um, clip that you actually, you actually sent me, Chachi, um, he said that he is willing to meet with his transgendered um, Netflix employees or other members of the trans community, but he won't bend to anybody's demands. 
Okay, so I guess like maybe public apology or maybe I'm not sure what he's alluding to. Um, he also says he wants to name the place or the time or whatever where, where it's going to be. He also wants them to watch his special, The Closer. Because some people are very quick to jump to conclusion that he is transphobic or homophobic without even watching the special. Um, so he said, it's been said in the press that I was invited to speak to the transgender employees of Netflix, and I refused. That is not true. He said, if they had invited me, I would have accepted it, although I am confused about what we'll be speaking about. Chappelle said in the video that I said what I said, and boy, I heard what you said. My God, how could I not? You said you want a safe working environment at Netflix. It seems like I'm the only one that can't go to the office anymore. <laughs> wow. He is lucky he has Ted Sarandon on his side, the CEO of Netflix, Ted Sarandis, um, who um, basically says that. And I watched the special. I, I, granted, they are jokes against that, and they are a marginalized group, but they're nowhere in the special that I hear him inciting violence against transgender people, you know. Um, but, you know, we talked about the walkout last week. Um, but, you know, I think that's. Um, Basically, okay, so really quick, he closed out the video by saying he plans to make uh, his uh, film, his movie available in in 10 cities and ask the audience, am I canceled or not? Okay. Um, So I believe he's also talking about his documentary, which we'll kind of talk about um, the whole um, George Floyd, you know, um, situation that happened in 2020 as well. but you actually sent me something interesting, Chachi, that Caitlyn Jenner um, apparently has no problem with the things that were mentioned uh, in the special. What are your thoughts? Um, so a lot of it's interesting because Caitlyn Jenner is a Republican, apparently doesn't have the same opinions as, as other trans um, people in the trans community. That is correct, yep. Yeah, but says that Dave Chappelle is 100% right. This isn't about the LGBTQ movement. It's about woke cancel culture. Run amok, trying to silence free speech. We must never yield or bow to those who wish to stop us from speaking our minds. Um, so this basically comes nearly three weeks after we receive uh, backlash. Um and um yeah and we talked in the show i mean you know you said specific things like gender is a fact every human in the room had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth which is true biologically true um but he did rib on caitlin jenner and it's interesting he did make a joke about caitlin but yet caitlin has no problem with it see that's the thing caitlin makes a lot of sense because here dave made a joke saying that jenner is a wonderful person and has been awarded woman of the year by espn espn never had a period ain't that something i'd be mad as shit if i was a woman you know so that you know that was a joke uh aimed at caitlin jenner yet caitlin jenner is still you know okay with what he said so i don't know you had had an interesting (laughs) thing that that it, it, it might be blown out of proportion and that matt many of the trans people might not necessarily have a problem with Dave Chappelle or the special. 
Well, it's the media mostly. Um, they want this story out there, and they want to keep posting articles about it. I mean, the special was what, like three weeks ago? Yes, correct. And you know, just all the talk in the media is just going to have more people watch it than ever before. And like, you really can't cancel Chappelle because he already signed on for five. Was it five specials with Netflix? Yeah, he and did. he doesn't really care because he walked away. I mean, he canceled himself. You know, back on the Chappelle show, you know, walked away from $50 million. $50 million. So he's a unique case. Like, I mean, if, I don't know, if people want Netflix to get rid of him, like, Netflix knows he'll go somewhere else. Right. And and he still has the audience. Um, he still has his fans. Um, so, um, and again, you know, I've discussed this last week on the show as well. I mean, at the end of the day, comedy is comedy. And if there's no intent in the message you're putting out, uh, if there's no ill intent, and it's just to make people laugh, whether you're straight, gay, trans, black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever, you know, you know, at the end of the day, it's comedy. So I don't know. that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> but uh, interesting that you were talking about. Yeah, I, heard, uh, I heard his next special. He's going to be talking about Filipinos the whole time. Oh, right. Hey, <laughs> I. Don't know. I, okay. I I'm, That's a little preview. Well, you know, his wife is Filipino, Chachi. Did you I know, know that? I do know that, yes. Okay. So. Lovely woman. <laughs> so, I think he's talked about his wife quite a bit on this special. So, I'm a Dave Chappelle fan, and and this has not changed my opinion on Dave Chappelle. Um, um, and, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, um, that's the thing. I, th- I really thought he was immune to being canceled. Him and Bill Burr, I thought, were like the two comedians that kind of tread, you know, very lightly, you know, but still pushing the envelope. But um, I think well, there's an attempt. Bill Burr, I'm surprised that he does mainstream stuff like the Mandalorians. So I'm really surprised right. that nothing has blown back on him. Right. Yeah. You know? that, that's a very surprising thing, too. Yeah. And actually, Chachi, you sent me this. Speaking of the transgender community, Grey's Anatomy casts E.R. Fightmaster. What a name, E.R. Fightmaster, as the first non-binary doctor. Anna B., are you, fam- are you familiar with this character? Um, basically, um, E.R. Fightmaster is going to take the role of Dr. Kai Bartley in the third episode of season 18 as Meredith was being wooed by a well-funded minnesota hospital who wanted her to join their quest to cure parkinson's disease so um i know which character you're talking about fight master which by the way is a wild name sounds Mm -hmm. like something right out out of like a fantasy novel and er is the first name er which is another another medical Mm -hmm. drama right other than (laughs) um yeah is the first non-binary actor um, first time a non-binary actor has been uh, plays a doctor, um, but they had another trans actor, Alex Blue Davis, who played surgical resident um, Casey Parker in seasons 14 through 16. I don't know if you remember um, Casey Parker. Um, interesting. Okay, so ER Fightmaster. I wonder who's still in the show from the beginning. Just Meredith. Meredith is, is she the only one, Anna? No, Richard. Richard's still there. Um, Bailey. There's a couple still. Okay. 
from the original. Hey, once McDreamy was gone, I was out of there. <laughs> I, I was really of, upset. I'm still upset about that. Yeah. That's a lot of fatigue. 18 years on a show. But I don't think he left because he wanted to. I think he was taken out. McDreamy was? Really? Yeah. I think, no, I would imagine he wanted to. I mean, he had to. He was the biggest. That's a lot there. of. That's a lot of fatigue. No, the no. Show. There's actually a whole. There's a whole like article about that. Really? He he, he actually made it known that he, it wasn't his decision. Really? Wow. Yeah. So wow. What happened to, to McSteamy? <laughs> McSteamy, McDreamy, McReamy. <laughs> Did McSteamy get get pushed um, out too? Uh no. I think he. I think he left. I was gonna say it might be something against against the Irish. I would, I would Maybe it's something against the Steamies, <laughs> the Dreamies. No, no, it's a mix. It's all the mix. It's a mix. It's so the mix. So if, if you were if you were on a cast of the show, policy. you would have to you would be fired as a McFly. I would be. Yeah. <laughs> and me and my people would go down there and pick it. My people. Do people still pick it anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Where's my picket? Uh, well, we'll just go out to Ed Sheeran, who tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, will be yeah. self-isolating, carrying on with his scheduled interviews and performances virtually. He was actually supposed to be the musical guest That's on Saturday Night Live yep. on November 6th. Um, I see, even, even COVID is against the Irish. Even COVID is <laughs> against the Irish, yeah. Messed up. yeah. <laughs> is, is he English? He's not Irish. Is he Irish is he, or English? Is he, I, mean, I he looks, he's English. He looks Irish. I think he's English. I think he's really? English. Yeah. He's the most Irish looking English person. He's very Irish looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some rest in peace shout outs um, for those of us that for those that are no longer on this earth. Um, of course, we already mentioned Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer on the movie Rust, who was shot and killed by a prop gun discharged by Alec Baldwin. So rest in peace to Helena Hutchins. Two big names in the TV world. James Michael Tyler. Actor beloved for his portrayal of Gunther on Friends died of prostate yeah. cancer yeah, um, at the young age of 59. Wow. Um, he was funny on there. He was, yeah, he's a fixture on, on Friends. Um, apparently well loved and lo- uh, on the show. He was, um, um, yeah, a lot of heartfelt. Um, he was in messages. love with um, Rachel on the show, right? He was in love with Rachel on the show, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers Television, uh, of course, that produced Friends, um, said that they mourn the loss of, of James Michael Tyler, a beloved actor and an integral part of our friend's family. Um, our thoughts are with his family, friends, colleagues, and fans. So he was a worker at the Central Park Cafe who reserves, um, uh, um, yeah, an unrequited love with Jennifer Aston, right, Josh? Yeah. Um. And uh, dubbed by dubbed as the seventh friend. A lot of people didn't know that. So he also made a um, an appearance via video conference on the Friends reunion on HBO Max. So that's really sad. Yeah. Another big name in the TV world, guys, Pete Scolari, known from his role on the 80s sitcom Booze and Buddies. Yeah, Hanks, also uh, known as um, for his work in New Heart and HBO's Girls. Um, he had been living with cancer for the past two years. So another actor um, 
gone at a relatively young age. He was 66, died from cancer. Um, man, that's really sad to hear. You know, he had, the fact that he, you know, had such a uh, a great career. You know, not only from his early work on Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks, but working all the way through, you know, more contemporary stuff like Girls and you know other projects. Um, Scolari actually recently appeared on the TV series Evil. Evil stars uh, Luke Cage himself. Um, the former Luke Cage, that is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a piece. Uh, we also lost um, Val Bisgolio, whose credits across film, television, and theater date back to more than 50 years. A legend in the industry. The age of 95. Also, Mort Saul, Trailblazing's political satirist, known for his biting wit and intellect, has passed away. Uh, Snoop Dogg's mother, Beverly Tate, uh, the rapper paid tribute to his mother through a series of photos and videos on his Instagram account. Um, and um, yeah, that's. Um, Celebrity, rest in peace. Um, rest course, in peace. Rest in peace. Yes. Um, but yeah, in, in national news, uh, um, Brian Laundrie, the man uh, wanted for questioning for the murder of his girlfriend, Gabby Petito. As, as you know, that, that was a case that was widely covered. We barely talked about it here on BTB. Didn't really fall into the category of entertainment, but she was a, a popular Instagram um, blogger um, that blogged her travels and I took a look at her Instagram, and it's really, really sad, the fact that she fell in love with this guy. They're on these all these trips together, and then you see her very last post, and that's it. She's gone. But Wow. He was the main yeah, suspect. Very sad case. Yeah, he was found last this past Thursday. His remains were found um, at a memorial reserve um, at the uh, Micahatchee Creek Environmental Park. And they confirmed that the remains are those of Brian Laundrie. Um, of course, with uh, Death, We Have to Celebrate Life for those um, who are celebrating a birthday today. Director Ivan Reitman from Ghostbusters fame is 75. Happy birthday, Ivan. Wow. Yeah, right? Um, Robert Picardo from The Wonder Years in 68. Happy birthday, Robert. As a father? <sighs> you know what? I'm not positive on that one. I'm not sure, but it could be. Robert, what? Robert. Robert Picardo. Yeah. Simon Lebon of Duran Duran. Happy birthday, Simon Lebon. He's 63 today. Um, Sean Holland from Clueless is 53. Robert Picardo played Coach Cutlip. Coach Cutlip, there you go. Yeah. Sherry Rappaport from CSI is 44. Kelly Osborne of the Osborne family. The daughter of Ozzy Osbourne is 37. And actor Troy Gentile. That's a good one for you, Chachi. He's from the Goldbergs. He's 28. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's birthdays today. Yeah. All right. So that concludes um, our Halloween spectacular. Right on time, Chachi. Yeah. Here on below Great the to see everybody show. dress up today. Yes. I'm glad we got our uh, photo ops and we want to wish all our listeners and all our friends and, and everyone that that listens to our show and supports our show 
happy Halloween. Be safe. It's it's holiday to celebrate and uh, it's holiday to drink and have tricks and treats and uh, have a good wear time. amazing costumes. Remember, last year was so restricted with COVID and everything was closed. Yeah, and I think I admitted on this show, um, or no, maybe I didn't admit the show, but a Halloween party was the source of my sickness. Yes, right. yeah. I remember. I got to be very careful for this this upcoming Halloween. All right. I don't think we're out of the woods just yet, but we're getting there. So, right. so concluding tonight's Below the Belt show, in the Halloween theme, there's nothing scarier and more imposing than a horror icon in Candyman. So I talked to Tony Todd himself at Monster Mania to close out tonight's show. Um, so, yes, on behalf of Chas McFly, the king of the 80s. See ya. Anna B, cosplayer extraordinaire. Ooh. Harley Quinn tonight, which is awesome. Yeah. Of course, Morgan Fab, a.k.a. Cinderella, your grace. Thank you for joining us in the earlier part of the program. I'm Al Celebrity Soto, a.k.a. the Soto Lorian. Um, as, <laughs> as I have a very, very awesome replica helmet of the Mandalorian that I should be showing off somewhere for Halloween weekend. So, all right, guys. Um, so Grogu says goodbye. See <laughs> ya. <on> the... <laughs> see ya. <laughs> He's waving, guys. Bye. And we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Until then. Peace. We're here with actor extraordinaire Tony Todd, the doing? candy man himself. What's up, baby? How's it going in Monster Mania so far? Are you having a good time? Yeah, this is the slowest it's been all weekend for me. The yeah. lines have gone all the way back to the real wall. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing but guts and glory, man. As Dave Hagen, who runs Monster Mania, always mm-hmm. does. Phenomenal job, always. Phenomenal job, and the horror fans are a community. And they came out, you know, we're a week away from Halloween, and this is their time to yes. celebrate. And speaking of Halloween, fans had the option of doing a Tony Todd in costume yeah, as Candyman. Right. How did you like putting on that costume? Uh, did it bring back some crazy memories? No, not crazy mem- You know what? Actors have a way of mm-hmm. compartmentalizing. Yes. So what looks to you like something dramatic on screen? Yes. If you have a full life, you know how to keep that in a particular drawer. Mm-hmm. Pull it out when you need it, close the door, pull out the other side when you need it. That makes any sense. Yes. So no. Complete. As an actor and, and screen actors go, I can totally understand myself. There you go. Um, your thoughts on getting that phone call to to a cameo in Candyman 2021. What are your thoughts? I, I hate the word cameo. I really do. The whole time of that movie, they were talking about me, right? Mm-hmm. So the signs I show up, that's mm-hmm. the continuation of the conversation. Right. Uh, I got the call. I was shooting a film in South Africa. And I got the call from um, Jordan, and we talked 45 minutes, told me what his concept was. Basically, that Candyman is not a he, it's the whole damn hive. And Mm. I said, that sounds good. And then they offered me, you know, know, what they offered me. Right. They took care of me. Oh, yeah. And the way the film ends, I mean, who knows, but wherever, wherever it can go is where it would go. You know what I mean? Who knows? And I love that Nia DaCosta did a wonderful job and brought a feminine sensibility to the legend as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Great film, by the way. Thanks. If asked to return for any other iteration, no hesitation? Well, everything depends on the script, but probably not. Why, why wouldn't I? 
What, what, I mean, you know, I got seven films in the can right now, doing a lot of voiceover work, and doing Venom in the next Spider-Man game, Spider-Man 2, doing another video game that's going to take me to Sweden, like, several times in the next year. Uh, I just did a play at the Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival this summer. August Wilson's How I Learned What I Learned, it was so refreshing. It was the first theater to open its doors after the pandemic. And we had 147 seats out of 500, socially distanced, but the people were so hungry, they applauded as soon as they walked out. You know, and I and I mutually bowed to the theater gods as well. So, I stay busy, man. Wow. That's great that you're a theater actor, and yeah. I, I was happy to see Broadway back in September. Yeah. Um, did you see? Did you see something? I saw Waitress with Sarah okay. Bareilles. There you go. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Has a musical ever crossed your mind? I did Aida on Broadway. Um, John, I played uh, Amorosa's father. So, yeah, I've had my taste. You have your taste? I love that. music, so, you know, but I'm not a good singer like Brian Stokes Mitchell mm-hmm. or Ben Hardy, but I can hold my tune. Okay. I'm more of a dramatic actor, you know? Um, but, you know, Broadway is beautiful, man. Broadway is beautiful. And, Speaking every, and people that have never seen a live theater, you must owe it to yourself. Particularly if an actor tells you that that's their favorite medium. Instead of, like, because a lot of television is one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Theater cannot allow itself to be that. It has to be full-bodied and, and completely yeah. thought out and completely lived in. So, if I tell you to go see me in a play, do it. Yes. We will. And where can we find everything Tony Todd? Are you active on social media? Very active. My Twitter handle is at TonyTodd54. My IG is TonyToddOfficial. Nice. He's a legend, guys. Tony Todd in the horror universe. He's the man. Check him out. Thank you so much for talking to us on Below the Belt Show. Keep reading. Keep studying everything you can. There's a great book called The First Six Lessons by Boleslawski. Oh, you owe it to yourself to read it, meditate on it, and then find your inner art. I love that. Tony, before we go, if you could let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. And, uh, yeah, and listen who you are. All right, everybody. This is Tony Todd. You're listening to Below the Belt Show. Show you right. Go do the thing. Go do it now. Come on. We are Venom. Yes! That was great. I love that voice. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.